Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast, the show that keeps you updated with the latest TV and movie news. As usual, my name is Andy, and I've got here with me, Jake. Hello, Andy. Very glad to be here today. How are you doing? I am doing very, very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. See anything cool over the last week? Well, we were supposed to see Shaft yes, this we week, but apparently it's not out in the UK because every cinema... No, 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 it is out in the UK. But but they just want showing it anywhere near us. That's weird because yeah, I am not too sure what's huh. going on there. That's I, I mean that's strange. I went to literally went to the cinema last night because obviously like you know you sent me the message during the week that you couldn't find it, so I waited till last night. I went to the cinema about ten p.m. last night, hoping I'd catch a late release. It's still not there, so. I don't know what's up with that. So I didn't see anything at the cinema. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing. I did see a good film on um, Netflix. Okay, what was that? Which is called I Am Mother. I I have not seen that. It's quite good. It's science fiction. It's minimalistic in terms of these kind of films where you have just one or two actors kind of thing. So it's one of those kind of films. It's based in a dystopian future where, well... It's 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 a good it's a cool story. I don't want to go into it because it's not the maybe it's not the film for review today. But yeah. it's a kind of a cool story. You should check it out. Okay, I'll just give it a, a shot. I think the main thing for me was uh, on Wednesday we celebrated Superman Day. Mm. So I got I sat down. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch the Superman movie. So I put on Man of Steel. And that was the day Man of Steel ep- comic, the first release of the comic came out. Uh, no, it's just a general just super, a day. Superman okay. day. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't coincide with anything. I think I'm not sure. I needed to look it up. Okay. Um, and then early, this week as well, the sort of little news broke that uh, that's pretty much it for Henry Cavill. That it, it's not official. Like, but there's a rumor going around, and they, this rumor's been going around for a while now that Henry Cavill's pretty much out as Superman. Okay. Uh, very much like Ben Affleck was. So then, which is disappointing for me. I know you're not a big fan of Cavill, yeah. but I, I'm a huge fan of Cavill. I really like him as no, Superman. I'm, I'm a fan of Cavill as an actor, but I'm not a fan of the casting of him as Superman. Right, fair. I really yeah. like him as Superman. But then it got me thinking, okay, so if you're going to reboot it, who would you cast mm. as Superman? So before we get into the main show, what would you? who would you cast as the next Superman? Somebody unknown. That's what I want. Somebody unknown. Build, let somebody build his career from Superman. I don't want somebody who we already know repurposed because I will not be able to separate that person's past film history from the character of Superman. So I just want somebody I do not know to take on the role. You? I have a couple of options. Uh, one of them that popped to my mind first of all was uh, Matt Boomer. Who Matt, uh-huh. he's, uh, he plays Negative Man in Doom Patrol. The guy with the banded up faces. Oh, right. Uh, he has obviously scenes without all that stuff. And man, he's good. And he, he looks. He like looks super. Like, he looks like Superman. Another one I had was Dan Stevens, who played uh, Legion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he, he, could, he could do that part. He's, he's got that sort of. And another. He doesn't of, have the look, though. I think he kind of has the look. I think he, he could do it. I oh, think he okay. could do it. And another one that also popped into my mind was Richard Madden. Okay. Um, Richard Madden. Who did he play? He played. Rob Stark. Yeah. Rob Stark. And I was like, you know what? I could see that. Yeah, okay. but, um, well, these days... He's got these the day, looks. He, he has the looks. I don't know if he has the height, but these days, um, well, accents, Superman is purely American. Well, Henry Cavill's English, though. Yeah, but it's very, it's easier to form the American accent than, yeah, so he could do it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I was going to say, yeah, the other way. 
it's easier for an English person to play Superman, an American, than yeah, it is an, an American, American to play, to play an, James an Bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't, you won't see an American playing James Bond. Yeah, but you very, pro- yeah, yeah, probably see an English person playing Bond identity or something like that. Yeah, yeah so that makes sense. Well, I mean, I, I, I happy with the news yeah. <laughs> because I get to see something. New. I do hope they do what I want them to do, which is um, just get somebody new, brand new face. And I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Yeah, kick yeah. off someone's career, yeah. you know. Doesn't sort of like Henry Cavill already. He'd been in stuff before, but Man of Steel has launched off to, exactly. to the actor he is now. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, let's do that. Let them do that for somebody else. Yeah. That's what I think. Cool. And with that, we're going to head into the main show now. And our first segment of the show is the movie and TV news. Indeed, there hasn't been major big news this week, has there? Nothing like well, no stand out like oh my god, this is such huge news. Nothing apart from the trailers, which we'll review later. Which but we'll get into a bit later. Yeah, but yeah, let's been see. A quiet front. Yeah, it's been a bit quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We still got some stuff though. So our first bit of news this week is Netflix picks mm. up Love, Death, and Robots for a season two. Well. I mean, yeah. I I think it was inevitable. I love that show. You say it's inevitable, though, but you remember what happened to Swamp Thing? Yeah, you yeah, know, well, so but yeah, but the Netflix is different because they had all the viewers. People were praising it, so it was. You can't. You, well, true, true, but still, you these days you can never say. Well, you yeah, know, they did. True. People were watching Punisher and Daredevil before they pulled the plug, so it wasn't a given that even though a season does well, they can still pl- pull the plug on it. So. I'm just happy that this is it because honestly, when we do our end of year reviews, I'm gonna give a special. If this um, Love Dead and Robots doesn't win one of our awards, I'm gonna give oh, a special yeah. mention. It, it, it's, it's up there, yeah. It's really good. So I this made my day once I saw the notes and I just saw that this was part of season two. It just made my day. This is great. It's my. It's up in my street. It's not just up my street. It's my neighbor. It's, it's right, yeah, yeah, he's your neighbor. He, like, yeah, he lives th- next to me. This is exactly what I wanted from a series. Like, yeah, yeah, love it, love it. So I'm happy about like, that. If anyone one. hasn't seen it, like go check it out on Netflix. Love, Death and Robot season one. It's it's only I think it's 18 episodes. I think it is. No, it's a bit less than that. I think it's about eight or nine. No, no, no. There's quite low. There's a nah. few, but they're short in time. It I doesn't go that far. I don't know if it exceeds 10, but we can always check it out. We can always check that out, yeah. But it, it's so good. And like I love the different genres involved, the different styles of animation. Yes. It, it's unlike anything that's on streaming at the minute yes. or TV. Yeah, yes. It's quite unique in that sense. And the people behind it, Tim Miller, you know, this killer. Yeah, I do like how, and to, to those who, are, who haven't yet seen it, they mix, dif- like you said, they mix different animation styles. But the genre remains the same, which is um, dystopian, horror, or queer, sci-fi. sci-fi kind of genre. But the style of animation is different. So you're not used to it. So normally when you see Looney Tunes type of cartoons, you always think it's going to be funny. But in Love, Death and Robots, you can see Looney Tunes type of drawing, but it's a horror story, you know? So which is kind of, the, it's the first time I've ever seen that kind of mix and mash between animations and genres. So it's really good to anyone who hasn't seen um, Love, Death and Robots season one. I highly recommend you go give it a shot. So yeah, 100%. And like I think one of the longest episodes is like 
15 minutes or something yeah. like that. So you could get through them easily in mm. an afternoon. So yeah. go check that out and hopefully we'll be able to see a Any season. dates yet? No, nothing yet. Nothing yet. So they're probably... The thing is with, with animation though, because animation takes so long because you've got to animate everything, this would have been, you know, sort of slabbed down months ago. And they, mm. I think they're already working on this. Like, this is just like we say all the time. It's just when they tell us, the general public, when this news broke. But this would have been locked down months ago, and mm. they, I'm pretty sure they would have got a lot of work done. Yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't take till next year. I really want... I, I think it'll probably be... It won't be this year. Yeah, why can't animations be like six months? Why do we have to do that whole one-year cycle? Because it's animation. It's, li it's like that with a lot of shows though not just animation with yeah. every show yeah. with, with, with human beings you yeah, can live action. live action you can understand because there's a lot of logistics involved but with animations it's literally you people sat in front of a computer so there is no external you know there's nothing these external. things take the bit I mean, you saw how ambitious it was in the animation like it takes time to it, get it to look that good as well it takes time but here's the thing about animation like the way animation works is the skin on top of the characters that's only the only thing that takes time the actual movements is quite the software just does all of that for you so all you need to do all you that really takes time is the skin you put on top of the skeleton but the softwares are already cool enough to do well to be another thing though is innovation they may want to be trying completely yes, new things yes, that take time because yes, they haven't done them before yes that's uh, that's yeah yeah so and especially from someone like tim miller who wants to push the boundaries you know he owns his own uh, visual effects company he's gonna wanting to say well let's try something else this time mm, yeah which might take more time yeah that makes sense that makes sense actually you know um was a spider-man um into the spider-verse took them what how many years four, three three four years? years yeah i think the, yeah i said is it th three four yeah about that yeah it took so. a while like to, to get it like properly obviously like uh, in serious working i think about three years but yeah. they've been starting it about four or five years before like in total yeah and uh, you know and in spider-man they mixed a few genres of types of animations yeah there are loads of different animations yeah, but not well. as many as love Dead and Robots. no no because yeah. there's much more variable in this series yeah okay cool so the next bit of news comes from Star Wars, and that is a little bit of news was released that the Rise of Skywalker, when it was being shot during principal photography, it was also being edited on set. Well, here's the thing. So did this come out as a story? A report, yeah, and it, it's, huh. it's legit as well. It's because legit. and it's, it was due to meet the tight schedule that mm. they had to have. Okay, yeah. because normally, like. I said this like as, as a film guy, you know, there is a level of editing that happens on set. You know, you, as a director, you just want to have a clue. So that happens every set. So the fact that this came out, it probably means they probably well, did like the, the... No, this is like they went all out. They brought an editing bay to set mm. and you had the main editor, JJ, giving him dailies. I need you to sort this out for me. Because I think, and I, with the technology we have now as well, I think this is a good step forward. I think you, this saves time in the editing, in post-production. You know, when you actually get to the meat of the post-production, you'd be like, okay, cool. We've got a basic cut of what we wanted to go. And then it makes things a lot easier, if you ask me. Well, it can save time, but at the same time, it can be a problem. Because as a director, you go do your own edit. But remember, as a d independent films, yes, it works. It saves time. But when you... 
in non-independent films, as a director, you are employed by your bosses who are like the producers and the company and all of that. So you can do your own edits and it goes to the producer and you're like, no, no, we need to sell toys. So you need to show more of this. I agree with you in that sense, but this is different because this is really JJ's movie. We, the, the, we say that though, but it's not really his movie. It's uh, well, Disney's. N- it's it, Disney own it, but he's making it. it. This is, and from what all the reports I've seen and the, and the way all the interviews I've seen go around, they really have gone like, okay, JJ, you 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 do this, you take us so, home. Are you and it was a recent interview as well. It was around this time of Star Wars celebration where he was talking about. Um, uh, making this film, mm-hmm. uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And, and he was saying, like, I had a vision on how a Star Wars film should have been made mm. when I was making The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he said, after I watched The Last Jedi, yeah. I was like, oh, you can do... Okay, okay. He was like... And then, so that inspired him f- to come back to The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I'm going to do something crazy here. Oh, I'm g- he was like, I'm going to make my film I don't like the sound of that to be honest if he's taking cue from The Last Jedi I don't well, like the not, sound not of that not in terms of story wise but he, in terms of Ryan's directing that he could make the film he wanted to make the freedom the freedom of that and because like he was saying I thought there was a way of making a Star Wars movie but that's not the case anymore now you can make your own Star Wars movie that will fit I have faith in JJ we all know yeah. we, we all yeah. both of us here we have faith in JJ mm-hmm. but no I really do believe this is his movie like he's going out on a bang and he's calling the shots I yeah, think it, on this one. I mean if that is the case then it will be a good movie. Mm. You know, if there if it's just Jade because I he's to me he's just Mr. Reliable. You want a good movie just give it to him. He's not going to give you a new revelation of the Sith order and ha- he's not going to do that. Oh no, yeah. He's good. not going to go all far off but he's just going to give you a good movie. You're going to watch it and you're going to enjoy it. That's JJ Abrahams. So so it's kind of cool. So it's, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy. It, I'm, I think it's going to be a good movie. I do as well. I think it's a good movie. And back to the editing thing as well, yeah. which I like. I also think it's kind of good that they were doing that because can you imagine JJ, who, like, if he's getting the basic editing while he's on sets with these actors, he can be like, no, let's. We need. I think we need to do that again. I think well, as a director, you already know that. No, uh, yeah, but at the same, but it's you're, you've got the cast there. You don't have to call them back in for reshoots and stuff like that because with this uh, schedule, I don't think they have got time for reshoots because mm. the movie's coming out in December. This movie was already pushed back because of Travara's firing and stuff like yeah. that. So it makes perfect sense. You've yeah. got the actors there. You've got the crew there. Let's do it again. Like, makes sense. I mean, yeah, well, each to his own, I guess. So I think JJ has seen that yeah, this is the best way to do it. And he's decided to do it that way, you know. The only thing is, like, my only concern, I don't know if it's a concern, but like you said, he's been given freedom, is the fact that, you know, like I said, you are an employee of the production. So Lucasfilm. Love yeah. Lucasfilm or Disney. So they can come to him and be like, yo, we want to see more creatures because we need to sell toys. So, you know that scene, you hold on on that for like five more seconds because... We need to sell merchandise, you know. So when the business people then come in that have no concept of creativity or have no concept of what the Star Wars universe is, all they care about is the money they can make. By the time those vultures come in and start... Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think it's just a bit different in this scenario because you have people like Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy who do look like they genuinely care about Mm. Star Wars uh, and the story to be told. So Mm. that's why I'm a bit like, yeah... 
if it was at another studio like Warner Brothers or Sony, I would have been like, yeah, that's that's probably what's going on. Mm. But I think Lucasfilm went to the best company it could have gone to. Yeah. In sense of how they're handling this franchise, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think I agree with you. If Lucasfilm, if it was if it was to go anywhere else yeah. but Lucasfilm. Disney will probably be the That's best. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right there. Yeah, I agree with you. Cool. So we'll go into the next story and we'll stay in the sci-fi spa- fantasy world. And one of the biggest influences of Star Wars was the novel Dune. Mm. And we know we've got an upcoming live-action Dune movie by Denis Vinny Juve. Mm-hmm. And he's also, the news broke this week, he's going to be doing a spin-off Dune TV series for Warner Media Streaming Service. Yeah, that's the part that really caught my attention. He's doing this for Warner Media? Yeah, so oh. they're creating their own streaming service. Remember we uh, briefly spoke about it last week with the Swamp Thing cancellation? Yeah. That's happening. They're making it like a Warner Media streaming service. Okay. And so, it, Dune... Oh, you said Dune, because I'm not too familiar with Dune. Mm-hmm. So or do you want to give the audience like... Well, Dune is basically, it's a epic space fantasy sort of thing. Very reminiscent of Star Wars, but this this came out in the 50s. And it's a novel written by Frank Herbert. Arguably still to this day, one of the best sci-fi novels ever written. Okay. Like the mythology is so rich and like there's a trilogy of books and spin-off books and stuff like that. Uh, and it's a, it's a hero's journey sort of story. Mm. And that this Dune inspired was one of the inspirations for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you ever read the book, yeah. you'll see what I mean. Ah. You'll see what I mean. Okay. The main planet Arrakis, it's called, is mm-hmm. a desert planet. Oh, like, so it's yeah, Tatooine, yeah, Tatooine yeah. And, and, and like the there are di- there's this substance that comes from this planet which is extremely valuable in the galaxy known as spice. Kyber crystal. There's sandworms and there's all sorts of, of oh, crazy okay. stuff. All right. I mean, like I've said it on the show before. I'm so excited that Denny's coming on to do this movie. Okay. Itself because I loved, absolutely loved Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I loved Arrival. That was such a good film. So he knows sci-fi. I think he can create the world. And now he is expanding into the TV series. I mean, bring it all on for me. So let's summarize this. The guy who did Blade Runner, Blade Runner is going to do an antho- uh, um, a sci-fi series that from the sort of the same source material, sort of, not directly, the same source material that gave birth to Star Wars, yeah, correct? and a lot of sci-fi. Mm. And a lot of sci-fi in general. Mm. Yeah. I like where that is heading. Yeah. Yes. And I think if, if anyone can do it, it's Denny. Man, the guy knows how to world build. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it, with a single movie of Blade Runner, he created this. Yeah. He expanded on the world that we already knew that we didn't think it could get even bigger than it was. He did both, didn't he? The, both, did he do both no, Blade Runner? No, no, no. He, the, Ridley Scott did the first one. Yes, that was yes, back in the 80s. Yes, yes. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, yeah. you're right. Uh, no, but he did Arrival. Remember? Yes, did you Arrival. Arrival yeah, yeah, with yeah. The aliens and the language. Mm-hmm. That was so good, man. It was so good. You know about that film called Arrival? Um, Roger Deakins, Roger photography. Deakins. Uh, yeah, and, he, you know. and Roger Deakins doing the, photo- the DP for June as well. Oh, snap. That is okay. So my confidence levels has just gone up. Yeah. But back to Arrival. Arrival is a very, you know, I like the movie. I liked the science. I got it I, to an extent. I got it. But one thing that really changed the way I saw Arrivals, you know, one of my mentors is um, N- Neil Tyson DeGrace. Do you know him? I think, yeah, he, yeah. This, I think he's a, an, an astrophysics, okay. an, an astrophysician. And he, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I know who you mean, yeah. So I watched him the other day and he was talking about um, Arrival and he sort of indirectly, not directly, 
indirectly validated the way the aliens were interacting, how the aliens were seeing time. Because us, we experience time linearly, mm -hmm. but the aliens were experiencing time more... Uh, simultaneously. Sim yeah, yeah, it was more stacked up rather than linear. Yeah. So he, as an astrophysics, he validated that um, thinking and it sort of changed the way I see Arrival. I mean, to me, it was already a very great movie, but... For an I think, actual yeah, there's a deeper message behind it. I yeah, think. yeah, exactly. So for an astro astrophysics to actually validate their thought process, it gave more credence to that movie. So it's a really good movie. So somebody who's been involved in that, I would watch what he has to offer. Exactly. Forward. And yeah. especially with this series, I think, like I've always said, I think now with series, you can get you can just dive so much deeper into the world, the mythology, because you have so much more time. Yeah. Uh, you can go deeper into the characters. You don't have two hours to tell a story. You mm. know, you've got ten. Yeah. So it, that's what I'm especially looking forward to. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this one, won't we? Yeah, definitely, 100%. I'm curious, because it says the report was that he's going to be directing the June TV series. Now, mm -hmm. we know in TV that's not always... You don't really direct the whole series. The, yeah. I'm wondering if he's going to probably direct the first episode and yeah. then oversee the rest of it yeah he and then he'd get other directors to do the stuff yeah he could maybe direct some episodes and be the co-director in some or just produce some but it looks like his blessing is going to be on all of them yes yeah, so, he's going to be the, the front runner yeah so that's do you think cool. roger deacons will come to tv he has to because that's 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 the game now yeah. we, we say tv to, we don't mean tv tv cable we mean, tv yeah we mean streaming streaming and all of that i mean that's that's where we are now. Yeah, it's sort of like imagine as um like a decade ago, asking asking an actor who was just on stage, "Are you ever gonna go behind the camera?" And they'd be like, "No." Yeah. But, but you know now that you know it's yeah. well, it's the same. Like back in the day, you know, there was a big divide. You're a film actor. You're a TV actor, mm. and that's the way it was. Yeah, like you know in a TV's actor that they were their dream was to be in the movies that was yep. the golden thing wasn't mm -hmm. it now mm -hmm. you see a lot of big A-list movie actors no I'm gonna do this in, on Netflix because yep. this is a good story I want to tell yeah TV I mean Netflix and Game of Thrones and some of these high budget um, series have changed the way we see TV it's mm -hmm. no longer that CW stuff you just format, put on yeah. yeah as background noise it's really good so uh, yeah, I mean Roger Deakins is too talented to stay in one, to just be doing films. We need, he shouldn't have a, but my goodness, a whole series with Roger Deakins. Can you? Oof. Do you know how beautiful that would be? That's arguably, that would definitely be the best shot Ooh, series of the my year. my goodness. It will be so beautiful. It's like, nah, it will be too good. It will be too good. So, it will be too good. We'll yeah. put a pin on that one. So yeah. this is one to watch, I think. Yeah. Def definitely one to watch. Yeah. So another sci-fi, we've got a lot of sci-fi going on this week. Mm. Another sci-fi spin-off series coming is Lobo. And that's from a spin-off series from uh, Krypton, which I briefly talked about yep. last week. I watched mm -hmm. the first episode, which we finally got to see Lobo. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he looked, he looked good. He looks like Lobo. Oh, I haven't he, seen it, but... Yeah, I'll show you a bit later. Uh, the the scene where he's in, uh, yeah, he looks like Lobo. We, it, I didn't get a lot of him. It was literally like the the last scene in the the, the first episode. Okay, so I'm sh we're gonna get him in the second episode and episodes after that. But I liked what I saw, and then shortly after they announced, yep, yeah, he's getting his own series. So, but have they given? Do you do you know what Lobo it, it's gonna be? Because no, they haven't released any information about the actual series itself. Mm. I mean, I, I was actually quite surprised. Um, 
how quickly they announced this. I would have thought they would have waited until season two of Krypton finished yep. to see how he was received before going, yeah, you get a series. Yeah. I actually think Lubu deserves more than a spin-off thing. I think this is me personally because he has a very rich history. So Lubu was one of those comics I read as a kid. I read Superman, Spider-Man, Etrigan, Lubu, and a, fantastic, and a few others. Greenland, I was big on Greenland as well. But Lobo was one of the guys I read. And he has a very rich story. And I just think he deserves a big stage. Some, he deserves to be on Netflix, if you ask me. Yeah, I think, I think he deserves a bigger budget because yeah. uh, the Krypton... Now, it's got, a, it's got a moderate, decent budget behind it. It's still not a budget like Game of Thrones. It's, oh, n- it's of nowhere course. near like... Uh, but it's a lot better than like the CW, for okay. example. Okay. Uh, but there's still some parts that you go, meh. Okay, I could, you maybe saved a bit of money there, but there's some other parts, especially with the visual effects mm, that okay. they, they, they they've, they've got. No, they, they've actually done well oh, with really? the money. Yeah. Okay. But with Lobo, I don't know. I think he needs a higher budget. He does, doesn't he? I think he needs a higher, he especially does. because the action scenes I can imagine him being involved in would cost a lot of money to do. Yeah. Like, because Lobo is a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, a, yeah, for the people who don't know, Andy, oh, yeah. give, who, oh, is, so, who is Lobo? So Lobo is a bounty hunter. He comes from a planet. I can't remember the name. Everyone on the He killed everyone on the planet. So first of all, Lobo is not your average hero. He's an anti-hero, if that's the word. Yeah, yeah. yeah sort of like an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, he's not your average hero. He does some crazy things. So Lobo comes from a planet. He killed everyone on the planet. So he's the last surviving of he's the last survivor of his species and he is a bounty hunter he goes around the, he's extremely violent he goes around the universe collecting bounties and all that and he has a strict code of conduct he will always deliver on his bounty unless he's offered more money so money moves his way but he's very skilled he drives around in a motorbike i think when lobo first came out i think the idea for lobo was it was sort of a satire for because at the time it came out it, it was that time when there was a lot of hell's angel hell's angel was bikers, yeah. bikers big in the 80s so if you notice if you know anything about comics comics always reflect what's Lo- happening in society yes yes i always thought lobo as a very 90s character yes, isn't he yes yeah. so he was he came out at in that the time, 80s but in then the 80s. 90s he shone up yeah yeah that time where it was bikers and skulls and all of that so that was the comic dc's response to that era mm-hmm. So that was Lobo. So he's extremely violent. He's the last of his kind. And he goes around doing all these things. And he has, he's, 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 he's very strong. He has, um, on his planet, before the planet got, they had this, um, what's that thing that Batman does where they put you in a well? The, um, that, not, not Batman, Ragul. Batman's trainer. Oh, the labri- Fountain the, of the, Life the, or something no, like that? No, the Lazarus Pit. Yes, the Lazarus Pit. Yes. Yeah. So his planet, they had um, multiple Lazarus Pits. So his planet, they were heavy on regeneration and all of that. So when his planet died, he still had that power of regeneration. And because of that, there's this thing about clones and clones. So he had clones. Then at some point, the clones died, leaving just one. So the re- reason I asked the question is which one of the Lobos is? Is this the original Lobo or the one that was a clone and all of that? I think they're going original with oh, this yeah. one. Yeah. But yeah, Obviously, we've only, I've only just seen him very briefly. Yeah. So we'll see what he does in season two of Krypton. Yeah, but he's very rich. This guy stood up against Superman. He stood he can up stand against, yeah, yeah, against Super- Superman. So, I mean, Superman I still always wins in the yeah. end, but, but he, he can stand up to him. Yeah, yeah he's really... and. Um, 
Yeah, so that's it. He, ha- I can talk for about Luba for a whole hour because I really dwelled on his comments. It's funny because the two people who have two actors who I think would be perfect as Lobo mm-hmm. and they both can't be Lobo because they're already cast in the DC universe. Yeah. And that's Jason Momoa who's cast as Aquaman mm-hmm. and The Rock who's yeah, cast yeah, as Black Adam. Yeah, The Rock would have been good for uh, he Lobo. He would have been awesome as Lobo. Yeah, I think. But, yeah but Lobo is, oh yeah, his skin is white. Like literally Lobo's... He, makeup. He, he's not white like you. He's white like yeah, white. Yeah, but makeup. <laughs> white makeup, yeah. Makeup. You could, easy, you could easily do it. Mm-hmm. But I... I just hope they do it justice because if Netflix came out, okay, so if I was a producer and I had all the money in the world, th- guys, listen, this is just so you know the kind of person Lobo is. If I was a producer and had all the money and all the freedom and all the influence in the world to call up anybody to work on a project, and uh, Netflix came and said, I want you to produce Lobo, the director I would call would be Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be yeah. So, so that's the kind of person Lobo is. You know, he's very over the top violence. That speaks it in itself. A- yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Once you know who Tarantino is, you, that's what Lobo is. So I don't know if these guys would do it justice. Yeah, that's the, that's the only thing. If this was announced on the DC Universe streaming yes. service, I think I would have had more... Um, more excitement for it. Mm. If you know. Not that I'm not excited, but that I think it's in safer hands, yeah. if you know what I mean. True. Because from what I've seen of Titans, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing, there's high production value in that, and it's good storytelling. Yeah. With so And Krypton, even though I do like it, it's still not on that level. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see what they do. And I'm happy, the DC Universe, we spoke about this um, last week, you know, but we were upset last week given when they had cancelled um, Swamp, Swamp Thing. But when I thought about it in retrospect, I kind of respect what DC have done. Rather than them to say, okay, we will do season two, but with a lower budget, they were like, no, we'll cancel it. If we don't have the money to give it the production value it deserves, then the show should be cancelled. And I think I respect that. So it's better you cancel it than give us a crappy season Excuse two. Me. So no, there's yeah, there's elements of that that yeah. I definitely agree with. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know how the accounting, how they got the accounting wrong in the first place. No, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I think it's, it's political as well. Yeah, I reckon there's a lot of political aspects in it, but you know, that's Hollywood. It's mm. there's a lot of that in there involved. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Hollywood, <laughs> oh. We're going to go into our poster of the week, and that is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. And I don't know about you, but I love this poster. Yeah. It's classic Hollywood-style posters. Yeah. You know, you've got, there they are, the three main stars, and then all the little extras at the bottom. And, the, yeah, just the, the retro. retro styling, the use of colors, the use of shading, especially in the bottom left of the car. I love mm. that. Yeah, and it looks see, like a painting to me. The, the way they wrote, so guys, listen, we're actually looking at the at the poster here in the studio. But the way they wrote the Hollywood is like it is in California on the top of the mountain. Yeah, the yeah. Hollywood letters up there. So it, yeah, man, it just looks awesome. It looks really good, and I like the retro vibe of it. You know, to me, Star Wars's best poster is the retro one. The, that the one original that has, posters. Yeah, 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 that has look. You know. To me, and so Tarantino is sort of feeding off. I'm getting a very 70s style poster here. Yeah, which is what he wanted to achieve. Yeah, well, I think it's based in the 70s. Is it Manson was in the 70s? 60s, I believe. 60s, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, so this is kind of cool. I love it. It's good. What this, this is how to make a poster. Well, 
if it's what you're shooting, yes. It was that, but that's what I mean. But I think it's a nice piece of art. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, this is the type of poster that I put up on my on my wall. Yes, it's very colorful. It's one for the wall. Yeah, it's one for the I wall. I mean, a poster should tell you what the movie is the in tone, a single image. Exactly the tone of the movie. I know we'll talk about it when we talk about the next poster. Yep. But it should give you what the tone of the movie is. So when you see this. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you already know it's going to be a, a 60s film and it's all good. But you know what really I'm happy about? I know it's a small thing. I'm just happy to see Brad Pitt and um, Leonardo. Leonardo DiCaprio. Then when I scroll down... And Margot Robbie. And Margot Robbie. And Tarantino. Well, you yeah. just get those names yeah. already and you're just like, exactly. can this get any better? Once I scroll down and just towards the end, just above July, you just see Quentin Tarantino. Yep. You're like, yeah, I'm happy. My life is made. This is good. Yeah, no, this would be good. I can't wait for us to see it and review it. And we've got Al Pacino. Al Pacino's in it as well. Unannounced. Yeah, I see him. This is the guy with the suit, right? Yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah, that's him with the suit. Nice. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. We'll review it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, who doesn't like a new Tarantino movie? Like, it's just going to it's gonna be killer. Martians. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait. So if this is a lesson on how to make a good poster, the next topic is a lesson on how to make a very, very bad poster. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I'm really sorry for my French here, but let's talk about this bullshit right here. <laughs> like, this, this, this is atrocious. I think they made it, purposely I, I, made it bad. I, I don't know, man. This, no. this, right, for you guys who don't know what we're talking about, the new Spider-Man Far From Home IMAX poster was released. And I'm sure you guys have seen it already, but this just looks like a mess. No, I think they intended it to be this way. Really? How can you intend for something to look that bad? Because it's a stylistic choice. It's a stylistic choice. It's sort of like having... It's it's a satire, sort of like... It's a satire to movie posters. Because if you look at Nick Fury and Magneto... uh, Sorry, um, what's his name? Um, Who, Nick Fury? The one next to Nick Fury. Oh, Mysterio. Mysterio. It, it's obvious that they copied copied and pasted them from other images. Yes. Normally in Photoshop, what you want to do is you want to blend it. But the fact that they made it very obvious that this was cut out from another poster, it's too bad for it to be... It's too... You, you say that, but I think this is legit. No. I, I don't know. I just... I doubt I, it. I, I can't, like... Uh, because th- look, it's meant, because, because, it's, it's oh. meant to be like a. It's sorry, I'm interrupting. It's no, meant it's to right. be like um, a yearbook type thing, you know, cut it, cut and paste. You know, remember slum books while we're still at yeah, school? Yeah, but I think you still could have done that so much more better than this. I think that was like, the choice. That was what they wanted. To okay, do. well, it's the wrong choice. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I'm, what I, they, I, they, I, what I think they should have made it worse than it is so that it would be very obvious what they were doing. The fact that you can't tell the difference between was it really bad or this is what they intended means like, it's are they bad. Pull, are they pulling my leg hairs? I think. Yeah, you know, so they should have made it worse than it is, but I do not believe Marvel two months after... This the, is, we have to remember, this is not Marvel. This is Sony. Sony, yeah, true. This is their marketing movie. True. This is their movie. But I... Sony, I, I cannot believe that Sony will make a poster this terrible, and it will. I've seen terrible posters so, made by Sony. Yeah. So the thing is, I've worked in um, eight lives ago. I've worked in an, a design agency before, and when something is designed, before it goes out, I know the levels of approvals that it needs to pass through. I can't believe 
that this went through that same level of approval. That's what I mean, though. I can't believe it. Who approved this? Unless it was part of the strategy. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. It does look like it. Maybe we'll need to do some research, but it does look like it. Yeah, I think the whole marketing of this movie has been a bit botched from the beginning, though. That's why it does. I haven't been a fan of any of the posters they've released, apart from there's a couple where he's in like the different locations, mm-hmm. where like, he's hanging outside. Some of those are okay, but the general poster, I just haven't been a fan. The fact that they released the trailer before Endgame came out as well, you kind of... Uh, it's kind of... Um, I think maybe after... You might, be, you might change your mind after watching it. Oh, no, no. I'm, no don't get me wrong. I'm so excited for this movie. No, I mean the poster. You might change your mind about the poster after watching. Oh, maybe the film. it might make sense. You can now see where they were coming from. So maybe, but th- th- this one for me is <laughs> the other one was put it on the wall. This one's throw it in the bin. <laughs> night. But yeah, so that is it. That is the end of our first segment of the show, the movie and TV news. And with that, we're gonna head over to our favorite place, and that is the trailer park. They've done studies. You know, sixty percent of the time it works. Every time. That doesn't make sense. So, ND. Yeah. We haven't got, actually got a movie to review this week, mm-hmm. so we're going to take up the remaining of the show because we got five trailers to go over. Mm-hmm. And the first one took me com- by completely surprise. Didn't even know this movie was coming out. And that is Good Boys. Yep. The trailer dropped. And this just this movie looks like so much fun. Oh. Can you... Im- it, so, picture... Stranger Things, yes, yes. Uh, with the, the kids side of it, the playful side of it, mm-hmm. meets uh, Goonies, yeah, uh, that sort of eighties f- kid flavor, mm-hmm. but rated R, yeah, uh, not quite going into puberty, but that sort of tween age, as mm-hmm. they mentioned in the trailer. And this trailer was, I loved it yep. so so much. It had the laughs. The dialogue was so good. The like the acting was amazing. Like you really felt the chemistry between these boys. Like mm-hmm. th- they are the best of friends, and you can yeah. t- and you can tell. Mm-hmm. And it also looks like a really heartwarming story. Yes. Like by the end of it, I, c- I can imagine myself coming out, maybe even a tear, going, "Man, what a- that was a yeah. well done story." Was this the trailer I clapped after watching? This yes. was the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. This guys. Is- when we watched it, I actually burst, gave it a round of applause. Like after watching it, this is a good film. It's called The Good Boys, and we'll post the... Should we post the... Should we post links to the trailers we review on Twitter? Just yeah, we case. can do that, yeah. We should do that, and we'll post it on Twitter. But this is a very good film. It's everything you've said. It's a mixture between the chemistry of the boys in Stranger Things and very cleverly written comedy. It doesn't look like... It looks like the comedy is organic. It grew with the story. It doesn't look like they just put in some cheap, um, innuendo in there just to make it look raunchy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's That's relevant what, to the it's story. It's relevant to the story and it's really, really good. Guys, I, I can't wait for this movie. Honestly, it's... They, it's since, <laughs> since, honestly, since seeing this trailer, this has shot up for like yeah. one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Yeah, it's I can't heart, wait to it's see this. It's heartwarming. I never thought I'd see... I mean, it's, it's Netflix without the horror part. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's almost Stranger Things without oops, the, the... I'm sorry. Yes, yes. yes. Stranger Things without the demigorgons and the horror stuff, yeah. Yes. But it just looks like a fun film. It like, is, it is, it is. It's going to be... Guys, check it out. Good boy. It's a very, very good trailer. Very good film. And again, it's young kids that we don't know about. Yeah. New kids on the block. New kids on the block that hopefully will have a promising future. Exactly. So, I'm, you know, I love it when I see new kids coming up because I love to see their careers going up, going, going you know, like that girl in um, Stranger Things. Millie Bobby, Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. She's in Godzilla. 
she's in she's yeah, getting she's getting there getting more rules and you know you kind of i don't know how to put this but you grow up with you them. grow up with them you kind of feel like you're watching a child grow up right before your eyes and i like that thing and I, yeah I, this has got all the similar vibes like i've seen the trailer a few times now because mm. every time i watch it i just keep laughing like, i'm gonna watch it again yeah yeah 100 so that is probably my most anticipated movie of the summer it comes out august mm. this year so can't wait for that and a very different style of movie is the next trailer on our uh, segment and that is frozen 2 by mm. disney now andy you haven't seen the first frozen have you yeah i haven't unfortunately i haven't for no reason but my you just haven't come around one I of those one haven't. of those movies that you didn't come around to exactly and it's there in my house sitting right in front of me i just haven't had the urge to just go okay i'm gonna watch just frozen. press play exactly <laughs> it hasn't happened but i heard frozen one is the best disney movie one of the best be- definitely recent years yeah 100 percent. one of the best disney yes. movies in recent years it's so good and that's that's a big um that's a big, big bar yeah big, yeah big bar to, to high and this trailer it just it expanded on that first movie for me and the first thing that caught my attention is just that this looks gorgeous mm. The animation in this. So we're talking about Frozen Two. We Fro- yeah, yeah. Fro- well, don't get me wrong. Frozen One, the first one, that was phenomenal as well for the time. Mm. But Disney, man, they just keep they, and I've, and we'll talk about later as well with Toy Story Four. But the, they just keep knocking it out with this animation style, and it's so fluid, it's so smooth. Uh, just watching it, there's some moments where you're like, "Wow, is that real?" Mm. Like, uh, there's a the opening scene in this trailer is when she's cl- trying to go through the water. Yeah. And at, at times, honestly, I thought that water was real. Honestly, like you want to hate Disney just when you want to hate Disney. Disney. There's a cynical part of you. Yeah, that, you, that you want to hate them, but they come out and they release a trailer like this. And you're like, I can't. you can't. It is so beautiful. I, I agree with you. That first sequence where she was riding with the, the music waves, as well. Yeah, with the ice and all that. And she went on the water and saw a water ghost or something like that. That was beautiful. The CGI of frozen 2 i'm sure there's something more it's it's really good guys it's way better than i think in my opinion from what i've seen in my opinion i haven't seen everything but i think this will probably be their best um animation of this style of animation and they've i think there's a new technology they've introduced it's yeah, gonna disney be, have this style of animation yeah, very disney yeah the, which they've just solidified yeah, yeah but i think they've just they've added something to it it looks more real mm-hmm. than the previous ones you know so so i mean that yeah. was and I'm, apart from the village the visual aspects as well yeah. the story yes it looks really good man. more mature like, more mature uh like the first one had some very mature themes in it at times there's obviously stuff catered towards kids that's fine yes i can't complain about it's that you know disney, isn't it? it's disney uh but there's also stuff for the parents who bring their kids to watch these movies mm. to really enjoy and this one looks to be taking it a bit further mm. like the trailer in itself was very dark it was dark no it, singing yeah no singing like the music as well very operatic yeah and the way it tuned in uh the actual visuals of it as well was very dark the lighting was dark so mm. And from what I gather from the trailer, is it's almost like a teaser trailer. They didn't give out too much yeah. about the actual plot, mm. but it looks like a more mature form yeah. of storytelling. It's, it's, it feels very dark. Obviously, I don't know the characters because I haven't seen the first one. But as an outsider, it looks very dark, very mature, very like I said, hero, offline or a hero's journey. It feels very days a mission and all that. And 
very unlike Disney, there is no soundtrack, there is no singing. Mm. There will be in there the will movie. Eventually, of course. In the movie, of course there will be. But when you think about it, Let It Go was Disney's wow. one of their best. It's up there with... That I, hit the, it hit the charts and yeah. everything. It's crazy. It's up there with Akuna Matata and um, that one from Aladdin. I can show you a whole yeah, new yeah, world. Yeah, a whole new world, yeah. So, um, Frozen... Um, let It Go. Let yeah. It Go. It's up there. And for them to now release part two... And they didn't even focus on the soundtrack. Normally, another studio would have been like, let's get them singing. Singing so, straight away, yeah. Yeah, but Disney's like, no, it's dark and um, I'm loving it. It just looks so good. Yeah. I don't know. So, here's the thought. This comes out the day after my birthday. Oh, yeah. 22nd of November comes now, out. What a birthday. The time I, call, I had to call Bob Iger and I asked him if he could do it on the 21st. He said that couldn't happen because of some other things. So, ah, well, there we I go. told him to push it to the 21st. I did that all for you, bro. Oh, thanks, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. But um, what was I? Yeah, it's just gonna be a good film. I, okay, I was gonna say, right, yeah. off topic of Disney and all that. Is it me or like it looks like the darker stories are actually now more interesting than the lights, better lighter stories. Like when there is a film of an an antihero of a villain, it gets me more excited than watching a film of a superhero. Is it just me or does that happen to you as well? Uh, no, no, I, I can see that. I mean, we are sort of moving into that territory now uh, because not that I think there's a superhero fatigue, mm. but the, the only way you keep this genre moving is by trying new things. Mm. And that's why you, uh, for me, it didn't work, but, you, but for a lot of people it did. You have movies like Venom who focus on the anti-hero side of it. Uh, Deadpool. Is he, he toes the line between antihero because you know mm -hmm. he's a good guy, but he kills people. Yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. like, so a Lobo, as we were talking yes. about earlier as well. So yeah, I think we're moving into that stage. Uh, how could I forget uh, Joker? The Joker. Which, which I mean, that's not an anti. Uh, he's pure villain. Exactly. The but, worst. But we're I, we're now exploring these characters. We've mm -hmm. explored a lot of the heroes now. Uh, I mean, you know, as much as I love watching for Batman decades. movies, how many Batman movies are we going to make? Let's have a Joker movie. Yeah. Cool, let's go for it. So I, I think, yeah, that's it's so the way we're moving. And Disney looks to be moving in that way as well with Frozen 2, The Mandalorian. Mm. He looks like an anti-hero as well. He looks like he toes the line. People that live in the gray world. Yeah, very not, gray. Yeah, yeah, they're not in the white or the black. They're just there in the gray. They just do what's there. good for them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it changes the, I think it changes a lot of, the, you see, this is my problem with Disney buying everything. So if they now start making more movies on these type of, it's going to have an impact on, a big wider impact on society. Of course. So Disney, can, Disney shapes a lot of yes, what society is. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering how did you, because the US government is very strong on things like this. They don't let yeah, anything. Monopolization. Yeah, monopolization. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, how... Are they, how are the regulators allowing Disney get this powerful? Yeah, I mean, th there would be restrictions on how much they can buy, I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll, well see. we'll see because what, there's not, they don't need to buy anything. They've got Fox. They've got, they got Fox. They've what, got Lucasfilm. Yeah, they've got Marvel. What else do you need? You, they've that's, got Pixar. You've got kids for the next 20 years. What if, 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 if... I want more, damn it! Exactly. <laughs> if, 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 if you want... If Disney comes in and, be, and says, like, in the next 50 years, we want kids to stop eating vegetables, do you know they can achieve it? Probably, yeah. They can. They're not going to do that. But they're yeah. not, but <laughs> if they yeah, did... They could, they have the power. Because, you know, Popeye, that was why the whole Popeye and spinach thing, it was the U.S. government that did that. Mm -hmm. They wanted to encourage kids to eat, eat vegetables, so they, they did. So, there you go. 
<laughs> and the thing is, Disney is such a powerhouse. Well, that's that. I was going to go into something political, but let's not go there. Let's talk about trailers. Yeah. So the next trailer is well, funny that because the next trailer is based on a political story, <laughs> and that is Official Secrets. Mm. This is the new film starring Kira Knightley, and it's basically she's looking at well, she's breaking the law, mm -hmm. but in a uh, honourable way to try and stop the Iraq War. Uh, this is it. It takes place in the early noughties when we, the Britain, got involved in the Iraq War, mm. uh, and it's all about exposing secrets to the public, and the lies that our government is telling us. So, you saw the trailer. What did you yeah, think? It's a very mature film. It's a good whistleblowing film. It's better than the one they did for Ed Edward Snowden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks better. Yeah. It looks more. I remember that you, you had to remind me of that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, this looks more, has more depth to it. And I like the filmmakers because these are the same people that did Eye in the Sky. Yeah. To me, that's been one of my favorite wartime films of all movie. time. Yeah, it's a really very good, good movie. movie. So, because it's the same people that did that, I'm certainly going to watch this. It looks very. It's a very good, mature film. It looks tense as well. It mm. looks like it could keep you on the edge of your seat yeah. sort of type of movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Kira Knightley looks awesome in it. Yeah. You know, I, I, she, I think she's... I value her as an actress. No, she's a very good she's actress. She's a very yeah. good actress. Mm -hmm. uh, and recently, I haven't seen her in a lot recently. So the fact doing this. So, yeah, the fact that she looks like this is a project she really was into. Yeah, and it just looks very British, very... Drama. It's yeah, a very, it's, it looks like a very British film. Yeah, it's this is going to win all the Baftas. Yeah, <laughs> it could do. It, it, oh, did you say could? It certainly will. Yeah. It, it's definitely. It has all the ingredients, and it's just the way we make films here. Very dramatic. It's more about the characters. characters it's yeah. not about explosions or CGI. It's the characters and their interactions and their, you know, and all of that. So it's a very good British film, and I'm, 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 I'm happy. I really like the cast as well. Like I said, Kieran Knightley, Matt Smith, yes. Matthew Good is in mm -hmm. this. So yeah, it's got a lot of talent behind it, yeah. and yeah, it's one of those. Uh, when, did it say when it's going to come out? I think oh, it's uh, November. No, no, no. I think it was August. I think so. It's like, yeah, it was like end of summer style thriller. Mm. I think that's what we're going for here. It's a nice. It's a nice movie. Do you think it has any Oscar? Oscar mm. chances? No, no, no. Not, not Oscar, not no. Oscar. BAFTA, yes. Maybe a BAFTA. Yeah, but not Oscar. Not an Oscar. Yeah, I, I would say that as well. Yeah. Next one. Cool. So, staying with the British crowd, we have from DC, Pennyworth, mm. the trailer to <laughs> Alfred the Butler. Okay, and we reveals him as a young, sexy Alfred, starting a security firm and joining up with Thomas Wayne. Mm. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, th this series was announced a while ago. Mm. And from the very beginning, it was announced, I was like, you're making a, a Pennyworth series? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I, don't see, know. I didn't see that coming, to be honest. I, I didn't see that coming. So you didn't know this was coming I out? I didn't know. Yeah, I already, no. I already knew that this series was coming out. I didn't know. It was literally, it was when I saw Pennyworth, I was like, isn't, you know, I, uh, that was when I was like, whoa, and our first three, I did not know anything about this. So, um, so here's the thing, like, I, I'm, as a film in itself, as a series in itself, it looks okay. Okay. It yeah. looks okay. Obviously, it's not, it looks okay. But now coming to add the Alfred part of it, meaning that you're bringing it into that Batman world. world Thomas and Wayne. That Thomas Wayne thing. 
it brings a layer of complexity to the whole thing. You you need know. To, I think you need to be very careful with what you do. Mm. It's very much like uh, Gotham. And this is a spin-off of Gotham because yeah. it's the same showrunner of that show is doing this one. And I, I was—I have a weird relationship with that show. Mm. There were things about it I really liked, and mm -hmm. there were things about it I go, "That's just crazy. <laughs> That's just weird." Okay, yeah. you went there. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be very similar to that sense. That um, I don't think they're going to worry about tying it into canon. Mm. I think they're just going to do what just they want. Just do it. Just, just do, do it. what they want, and then that's sort of it's it's on its its own pocket. Yeah, it's strange that DC is very um, open to the idea of expanding that Batman universe. M much more than they are to any other universe. He's got a big family. Yeah, I mean, he's got Gotham, then his family, but they're now doing spin-offs of his butler. <laughs> really? It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> so they're just expanding and expanding. There's the Joker movie coming out. So they are very open to the idea of just exploring that that's Gotham universe. That's what I mean, universe. but for me, it's... I don't, I'm, I'm happy for you to expand that and to explore different stories because when I first, you know, when they first said they were doing the Joker movie, I was kind of a bit like, mm, I don't know. Because, like, for me, it was like, I can't, I can't see Joker without Batman. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. It's the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. And the, the, that's one of the things that really pissed me off about Suicide Squad is the fact that you had Batman and Joker in the same movie and they didn't say a word to each other. That really frustrated me. But anyway, let's get off that. So... But then they took me by surprise when they released that trailer and I was like, I'm in. Mm. I'm totally in, 100%. Yeah. It, they, this didn't do that. This was like, nope, I'm still not in for this. Like, it doesn't grab me. I, I, and I can see why. I, I, I really can this is a This is a mama type of film. Yeah. You love it or you hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's what it thinks um, to me. I don't know about the budget either on this. Mm, yeah, it doesn't look very The budget high doesn't budget, look too does high. Uh, I'm... Obviously, it's a trailer as well. There's only so much I can judge of, but the acting's felt a little bit flat at times. Obviously, in context, it might be very different. Yeah. But from the trailer, I wasn't... It wasn't... Yeah, again, it just didn't draw me in. But one thing I, I did see from the trailer, it was beautifully shot. That's one thing I will give it. It was yeah. very beautiful. Guys, when you watch the trailer, who it was beautifully shot, very beautiful shot. The costume, set design, the costumes, everything was good. That Cockney accent thing... I don't know. Yeah, it, it I think, seems too much. Yes, it was. It seemed a bit too much, to be honest. Like, I'm sure when we watch the featurette and we listen to the actor, we will see that he's never been to. He doesn't speak that accent, so yeah. probably that diminished his acting. Because I know as a director, you don't want. Uh, I say this from a I mean, directing point British, of view. If you're British, just speak normally. I think. Well, you don't want to give. Give. Get, yeah, obviously, do an accent because you're acting. Yeah, so there needs to be some, but I think that I think there was too much. Yeah, that could also be a problem with the direction. No, that's what I'm saying. That you don't want to give as an as a director, you don't want to give your ta talent too much to think about. So if at the same time they are acting, they are also thinking about their accents. One of them is going to fall. Either the acting performance will drop, or the accent is going to drop, and all of that. So I don't know. I don't even know why Jeremy Irons doesn't have Jeremy Irons just sounds normally he sounded like, like a Jeremy normal, Irons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although Michael Caine, Michael Caine, like Michael Caine, Michael Caine, but Michael Caine, but is, with a slight twist, yeah. he does have that accent. That is his accent. Yeah, exactly. He is, he is a born and bred Cockney. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's the Alfred. They're they are, trying to. They're trying to yeah. base. I mean, who doesn't like Michael Caine? As yeah, Alfred, like. but I do like Jeremy Irons better. As, as, Je as, Jeremy as Irons for me was which is the same as Christian Bale um, as with Ben Affleck was that he is a more 
comic accurate depiction of Alfred mm. and the relationship he had with the the banter. He would like <laughs> insult him in a very sarcastic way, and yep. then and Bruce would be like sort of shrug it off. You know, it, it was. I liked the relationship. Uh, Michael Caine still. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they're different. We see they're very different. different Alfreds. Ver- yeah, we see different versions of Alfred through the series. There is the ones that are technical, technically advanced, like German Ions. He's more hands-on. Yeah, he helps him with the missions and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Then there's the Michael Caine, which is more like a dad, a father, a figure. father fit to him. You know, and so he, which still, but he still helps him out in. But not as, not as much, not, not as hands-on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it depends on which one they're playing to. It does sound like they're going for the Michael Caine um, style, yeah. style, but which is fine. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We don't and, know. And this is where and when. Where is this going to be at? Uh, where is it premiering? It's on Epics. Epics, which yeah. is... We, do we get it here in this I country? I don't know. I think you can get it like with the Sky package. Like, you know, you can get FX and stuff like that. Yeah, Epics. Uh, I've not. You know, we have. We get. I there's get. So, there's so many. Channels, so many though. channels. Maybe yeah. Epics. I haven't seen it before, yeah. so I'll look. For, if yeah, we get we'll Epics. see. We'll find out. Yeah. And so for our last trailer of the week, this one took Andy completely by surprise. Yeah. He didn't know what he was watching for a while. Yeah, I was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I even wrote it in the show notes, and he still didn't get it. I didn't get it. <laughs> so when you said the shining secret, it just didn't hit yeah. me. It didn't hit me. Yeah. So for you guys, this is the trailer of Doctor Sleep. And it's starring Ewan McGregor. And this is the sequel, the follow-up to The Shining, the cult classic horror movie by Stephen King. The Shining. Like. And uh, I, I, man, this trailer's awesome. It was really I, I really like this trailer. It was really good. It was the creepiness was the, that yeah, writing the, on the wall. The tone, the atmosphere. Again, what we keep going back to, the tone. Mm-hmm. The tone of this looks on point. Yeah. And obviously, once I saw the tricycle on the carpet, I was like, what? That is was that? What? Yeah, I was like, wait, it's the shiny. And then you saw the hotel. And yeah, then, then the, here's Johnny. The, you yeah. know, oh, then, you know, that was where I was like, so it's the shining sequel. Now, this trailer, I feel that 90% of the people that will watch it are going to watch it because it's the shining. It's the shining sequel, yeah. You know, so, God, I'm so looking forward to this film now. Yeah, because um, it's one of the greatest films ever made, and it just looks really. The trailer, like I say, the trailer looks so good. It's, yeah. It looks better than any trailer I've seen of like the recent uh, Stephen King movies, yeah. like uh, Pet Cemetery yeah. and, and It, and, and uh, what was the other really bad one that came out recently? Uh, Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no, that was yeah, so yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Let's not talk about that one. But this one, I was like, I was in the trailer. Mm. I was just fixated on one it, mm-hmm. and you and McGregor. Yeah, that guy. He, 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 no. man, he's such a good actor. I think he's really underrated as an yep. actor because everything he's in, he kills it. He's one of those. He's one of those characters that he. He's one of those. The few characters that have been able to dissociate themselves from the franchise that brought them to limelight. Yes, you know, and I feel a lot of these people from Game of Thrones are gonna go through this that phase where. Everything about you oh, is you gonna were be, from Game of Thrones. You were from Game of Thrones. I know some people. It stays with them throughout their careers, yeah. like Will Smith. It just stays with him. That whole fresh He's Will Smith, thing. yeah, exactly. Just stays with him. Some people can shake it off, like Ewan. He's done it. He's one of those people that has, and he's an actor on his own right. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, like going on to Star Wars, like mm-hmm. you, you can say what you want about the prequels, love them or hate them. If there's one thing that united all Star Wars fans about the prequels it was Ewan McGregor yes. as Obi-Wan Kenobi yes and even and that they brought him to um, Clone Wars yeah 
you know, other characters, they didn't bring Anakin from the movies. No, no, no. For Clone Wars, they didn't get you McGregor. No, I know it wasn't him. I know it wasn't him, but his mannerisms, the way he talks, the way he looks. It's it's him. It's him. You know, they didn't do the same for all the characters. They they changed it a lot. But his performance on the live action was so good, they had to reproduce it in the series. That's how good it was. But um, I've always felt that, back to this film, and I've said this a couple of times on this show, I've always felt that Stephen King's um, horror is a bit dated. Mm-hmm. We've gone beyond that as film film goers. But this man, this brings it all. It ticks all the boxes. Yeah, for me. it ticks all the boxes. So I'm certainly excited about this. If you've not seen The Shining, I don't know what you've. It's like you saying you've not seen Titanic or you've not seen. Yeah, it's it's one of those films. Like if you're a movie person, a movie buff, you've got to see this. Yeah. The Shining. It's yeah. one of those. It's easily in the top ten. Yeah, you, top you, twenty. Yeah, you need to watch. And when you watch it. Don't watch it like you're watching it in 2019. Watch it like you were watching it in the 90s. Yeah. That's the best watch way. Watch it with to, that lens. Exactly. That's the best way to get the was horror the of that film. Was it the 80s? That, that I need to check. I'm I not think it was the 80s. It, or the late 80s or early 90s. I certainly yes. know it's not middle of the 80s. It's either 89 or we'll 92. To, I'm going to have to look this up now. But yeah. yeah. So it's, um guys, it's... Uh, so I... This is one of those yeah. shut up and take my money kind of movies. Yeah, this is yeah. it. This is it. And like that brings us to the end of the trailer park. And uh, I mean, for me, apart from Pennyworth, man, we've had some good trailers this week. Yes. Some like genuinely really, really good trailers yeah. for what looked like really promising films. Yeah, I'm optimistic now. Not there are some days we there, there was a, There was a point, because uh, I was thinking about it this week. Um, obviously, I haven't seen Men in Black International yet, uh, but we have, you know, X-Men Dark Phoenix came out, and there's a couple of movies come out, and everyone was sort of saying, this summer season for movies feels a little bit bleh mm. at the minute. Yeah. There hasn't really been anything yeah. yet that's that I've been like, whoa. And this. there will be no trailers from DC this yeah, yeah, there's no... Can they not release their trailers outside of Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah, they'll, 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 I mean, they're guaranteed there'll be a trailer for, another trailer for Joker. Okay. That, that'll, that'll come out before the movie comes out. Yeah, because like they're pulling out, I think, I think because maybe one of the reasons they pulled, I'm, so I'm talking about DC, but I think... Pulling out of Hall H. Pulling yeah. out of Hall, I think one of the reasons is because their main films are not coming out till next year. Wonder Woman. Yeah, but the so thing is that you, you still have to market the movie early. I think for a movie like that, like they've always done that for all their movies. All the mo- when they were at Comic Con, all the movies they were advertising came out the following year. But because she has this golden armor, that means maybe they don't want to give it away. A lot of people don't know. They think that golden armor. They don't know that that hmm. golden armor is straight up from. Well, the thing is, Patty Jenkins pretty much. She said we had a trailer ready to show at Comic Con. Oh, she said. So. She said, yeah. We. She was like, I'm bummed. She said, like, she made the post. So that's when she released the poster. Mm. She was like, sorry to announce. I'm sure you already heard that we won't be at Hall H. Right. Okay. Um, we did have something planned for you guys. Now here's the poster. I so want to see that. I want to see that so uh, That will come out I'm December. Gonna, I'm going to say mm, November. They don't want to before the Joker. Get that DC hype going. The Joker comes out when? October. They will do I think they'll do it after. Uh, yeah, just after. So just yeah, after. yeah, the movie comes out, hopefully it kills it. Everyone's like, "Whoa, did you see that Joker movie?" Bam, Wonder Woman trailer. So Joker comes out October. I think they will do it in November because December you as a, you don't want to do anything in December because no, that's Star, Star Wars, Wars. you can't touch yeah, that you month. can't touch Star Wars just it'll get lost takes, yeah exactly you'll just waste your money if you mm. try anything in December so 
November is the month we'll probably see a trailer. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'd say that sometime that time. And mm-hmm. thing is, November was actually originally going to be the release date for Wonder Woman 84. They pushed it back to okay. June 2020. Why? They wanted to. Okay. The, uh, Patty Jenkins said it's Wonder Woman belongs in June. Fair play. It's a summer movie. She's like, it's that's where the first one came out. It that's where I want it to be. Yeah. If that's what she's made, then that's what she's gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, that brings us to the end of Trailer Park. And like we said earlier, we've not got a film to review this week, so we're going to end it off with what's coming for you guys. Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Wendy, we yep. have a certain film coming out this, well, two certain films coming out this week. Mm-hmm. One of them is Toy Story 4. Now, yep. this movie... What else can you say about Toy Story? The whole franchise. I'm sure everyone has seen it, uh, seen the reviews now, the early reviews. It's just, everybody's loving this movie. Toy Story 4. Everyone the, loves it. Everyone loving it. Nobody has a bad bone to say about it. Mm. You know, I, I can't, I think it was close to 100 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and it's still at 100%, which is crazy. Wow. You know, that is just crazy. You know, I think we're going to get to Toy Story 10. No. No, they they've said this is the last one. What? They said it. They've, no, they said that they this was the last they, sto- this is the last story. Really? Yes. No more after this. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. The, yeah. Uh, so this is the last one. Toy Story 4 looks good. The early it reviews looks good. are yeah, saying it's saying, perfect. They're saying it's the funniest of all of them as really? well. Yeah, they're saying it's the, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll you'll just be so happy watching this film. I really I, love I can't wait for I, I really love these movies. 1 and 2. Toy Story as well, man. To me, three made me ball like a baby. I don't know which one I love the most. That's the thing that they're all so good. They're all so good. I think my favorite was Toy Story two. I think to me that was my favorite. The thing is, Toy Story one and two holds a deep place in my heart because I grew up with those movies. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Toy Story three was obviously it was quite a few years later so i was more of an adult by the time i watched it but it brought all those memories back which is why i just bawled like a baby and i know i'm gonna do the same thing with this one as well like it's just crazy i'm I'm happy i will watch this one and the animation again just looks fantastic it's it's pixar isn't it it's pixar they just they just you know george lucas the guy who started it all yeah you know it's um but yeah, Toy Story 4, that's good. I'm, that's, I'm definitely watching that movie. Yep. 100%. Cinema. And uh, yeah, that is a cinema film, yep. without a doubt. Yes, I And agree. the other movie coming out this week, uh, this movie has already been out in America for a few weeks now, but finally reaching our shores, and that is Brightburn. Mm. And that is uh, the Gunn family. So there's a few of them, James Gunn and all his brothers involved in making this film. Mm-hmm. It's a dark horror depiction of Superman, basically. Yeah, is that the official blurb? Is that the official? Speech? No, they, they didn't mention they didn't Superman. Mention. No, they can't. They can't, uh, they they can't, can't mention the w- Superman. Yeah. But have they um, implied that that's yeah, what they were going for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you you can see it from the trailer. Yeah, you the can tra- see it. The trailer just looks like even the writing looks like the Man of Steel yeah, trailer. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's clear that's what they were trying that's to what, do. Yeah, they're definitely going for that, and I'm really interested in that. Okay, cool. It, it, let's I mean, it ties back to what we were saying earlier, that the darker side of these stories... Either I want from, it to be told. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and um, I'm happy for it. If you remember, like, when we first heard this entire thing, I, I always used to say that give me something new. Don't re- rinse and repeat and give me the same old crap. You yeah. know, give me something new. And I'm just really excited that... It's almost like I know the studio execs they listen to the show all the time so it's like 
So they've taken cue from my advice and they're going that direction. So it's Brightburn. I'm definitely going to work. I may not get enough time to do Toy Story 4, so I'll leave that for you. But I will okay. certainly... I'm, I'm going to see Toy Story 4. Uh, but I'll certainly see Brightburn. So what do you think we should review next week? Toy Story or Brightburn? Mm, how about both? Both? How about I watch... I mean, are you going to check out Toy Story 4 this week? Well, if I do get the chance, I will, but my priority would is, be Brightburn. Bright okay, yes. how about this? How about yep. I'm going to watch Toy Story 4. Yep. If if we both watch Toy Story 4, we'll both give a review of that. Mm -hmm. If we don't, I'll just do Toy Story 4. You do Brightburn. I'll do Brightburn. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Let's so you heard it. it there, guys. Next week, you could get one review. You could get two reviews. Who knows what the future has in store? And with that, we come to the end of the show. This has been episode 20 of Film 7. Thank you guys for being there, supporting us since we started. We can't believe it's been 20 episodes already. No, right? As well <laughs> as the Game of Thrones shows we've done and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride and we're nearly, nearly catching up to half a year. Yeah, I know, Six right? Months. It seems like yesterday we had our first episode. Yeah, and I just, I just love doing this, just love talking movies. So... Before we head off, Andy, where can our lovely listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Unduaj, which is at N-D-U-A-J. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Twitter at Film7Podcast. Until next week, guys, see you later.